I really believe there are things nobody would see if I didn't photograph them. Take pictures of what you fear. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 192, 192, for the end of September 2023. And uh, there we go. We're ready to another, rock. Another, another, what do we call it? The what? fall, the autumnal equinox. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, which I think was uh, on the 23rd. We, we were covered in rain, I think, that day. Yeah, I think it was we've, pretty warm here. Yeah, I seem to remember doing yard, some yard work and. Oh well, we've got the uh, remnants of a hurricane hitting us. Ah, and there's another right. one coming too, isn't there? Oh, geez. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe it's still down there by the Florida area. Ah, uh, you know, the... uh, yeah, we're gonna get hit with another. Well, you know, I feel bad for anybody who's in those areas that get hit really bad with hurricanes. I mean, I wouldn't call what we had any anything you know close to to that it was just a lot of we've had rain for mm. three or four days i guess the system stalled on the on the coast for a little while okay it's been churning and it's just been gray and then the result of that is i haven't been going out as much because i'm not going out and even though my cameras are water resistant i don't really feel like photographing in the rain no so yeah but uh yeah for anybody who's getting hit by hurricanes uh um i hope uh i hope that doesn't happen so I'm thinking, you know, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, it was about a, almost about a year ago since you uh, visited. That's right. October yeah. something or other 10th. Uh, October 10th is when you came in, right? Yeah. So it's hard to believe that's a year. That yeah, seems that was, uh, not that long. Ago. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, but I remember it like it was yesterday. There's no doubt about that. And I see those pictures and I'm like, yep. Are you still, are you still processing those pictures? No, I'm still looking at them. I haven't, I haven't really, uh, since my project when I drove out to Saskatchewan there last month, I haven't really done much in terms of processing with the exception of a, a Fuji sponsored show that I went to a couple of weekends or a couple of weeks ago. Oh goodness. Maybe it's even been a month ago now. Oh. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. so but I mean, that, th those are, I mean, still, you still have some pictures from your trip, which you haven't processed. That's true. Yes. Okay. I guess, right. uh, I've done a second revisit. I haven't done a third revisit. There are pictures that come out of the come out of the catalog that didn't really pique my interest before, and I'm kind of going in another layer. Some of the interior pictures that we took, I haven't really. Interiors from the from the uh, museums. From well, from the museums and from the old postal building, uh, the old post office Oh, I building. see. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and, which uh, was the, uh, which is partially postal building and partially a train station, the yeah. Moynihan train station. Yeah. 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 Penn station. And, um, what else is there inside some of the entrance to the zoo there? Well, there's that picture of that board family. There are some other pictures. I oh, took along in, there. in, in central park, in central yeah. park. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Well, that's cool. And some street stuff, some streety stuff when I'm walking up and down Fifth and Broadway. Well, winter's so, coming up, you know. Yep. It's a good time I'm to. Board, uh, I'll go through there. Absolutely. <laughs> through. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I was actually going through. Oh, first of all, let me just say we don't really have a subject tonight. So we're just our subject gonna, is no is, subject. Insert our subject, subject is no here. subject. Yeah, we had such a great, we had such a great uh, guests uh, on our last episode. I'm just still, I'm still reeling from that, and and that will actually, well, I'll bring that up uh, a little bit later. So it's partially what I want to talk about. Cool. Those are our guests from uh, from last time, but um, I too have been going through. Uh, Lightroom and scouring for something. I can't remember what I was looking for. Some old pictures, but it forced me to sort of go back and uh, look for, I, I can't remember what I was looking for, but I was, I was looking through a lot of my street shots, street, <laughs> street shots, <laughs> little street brand photography shots. <laughs> that was a wow, little name dropping there. Weirdly, name dropping. yes. Uh, circular yeah. references. So, yeah. yeah. Meta thing. Anyway. Uh, and looking back at some of my old, street photography i mean old i mean it's stuff that i did in like 2016 2017 and was still surprised by it like th there were some pictures that i don't remember taking at all mm -hmm. uh and there's actually a lot that i didn't process too so um what i was remembering was my my workflow at the time was to take pictures with my x100t and then upload them to my phone uh, uh, select a few and then process them and then put them on Instagram, which meant that there was a lot of pictures that I didn't process. Like mm -hmm. I might've picked one or two. And so I was looking at this stuff, like the, you know, the sort of the contact strips mm -hmm. of pictures that I haven't been touching. I was like, I took that. I didn't remember that. And it's like, Oh, that looks good. You know? And yeah. so just like you're saying is, you know, when winter comes, I think I'm going to go back through the, uh, sort of the unprocessed stuff and see see what lies in that group. There's probably a lot of garbage, too. I mean, I could probably start deleting things. Yeah, but, but garbage uh, teaches you some stuff, too, though, right? Um, yeah, it does. I know that I there mean, were editors and people at Magnum that want to see your contact sheet because they could see how you're thinking. I love the whole, that. I the love whole the whole idea Oh, that. that is such a good idea. But, I mean, how do you do that with uh, digital? Well, you go through the... the, the um, the thumbnail view and I forget what that display is called in Lightroom. That's yeah, what but I with do. Film, think, oh. But with film, like there was like, there's no way to fool anybody because you've got the strips and you see the numbers no. on the, on oh, the, on the edge of the strips. But, but digital, you know, someone want to see my film strips, I could be like, Oh, okay. Hang on a minute. <laughs> well, no, I meant for myself though. I mean, yeah. I'm going to oh, go well, through it and then I can recreate in my mind or remind myself what, what on earth was I doing there? Yes. You know, right. I love that. Yeah. Like yeah, the and, idea of doing that. And trying to figure out the context, like, was I, where was I going? Yeah. What was I doing? What was I thinking? What was I seeing in this, in this picture or like in, in this scene? Why did it, what was interesting about it to me? Cause it's yeah. certainly a lot different now than when I was there. You know, the, you know, it's yeah. in this case, like 2016, a seven year difference, maybe eight year difference in some of the pictures mm -hmm. mindset was a lot different. So anyway, it was just interesting to go back through the older stuff and, and, and see, oh, right. And th that was the realization was, yes, I remember my workflow because I would pick one or two pictures, throw them on Instagram, and then and then I was sort of done. I didn't look at the other pictures, then I would dump them into Lightroom. Mm. And so there's got to be some treasures in there that uh, that I should go and look for. And, and uh, perhaps, here's some news, <laughs> perhaps reload them or upload them to my new Instagram account. Get out. <sighs> I uh, thought you were done with that. Well, uh, yeah, I was done because it was an enforced done. Right. Uh, you know, if, if, if my account wasn't hacked, I would have kept it. It would have been, 
I would have just kept doing what mm -hmm. I've been naturally doing. The fact that it was shut off for me and that Instagram and Facebook are doing absolutely zero to help get it back to me. Oh, by the way, if there's anybody out there who can, who has any kind of in to um, uh, Facebook or Instagram, um, uh, let me know. <laughs> can you try, try, drop us a line. I would still like to get that account back. Uh, but anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so it was uh, April of 2022 that it got hacked and um, it was it was some guy in Nigeria, literally, because I, I might have told you this, but my brother actually uh, FaceTimed him. I've got a screenshot of the guy and we tried to buy it back from the guy and he just wouldn't, he would say no. <laughs> and my brother said this to the guy, he said, trying to trying to get some sympathy from the guy, he says, talking about, in reference to me, he goes, my brother whose account that was, he's not too smart. And so he got away. So, and so what I did was I went and I made a selfie of myself and I did two exposures. I did one with my eyes looking at the camera yeah. and then I did a second exposure where I didn't move my face. I moved my eye looking to like the right. Yeah. And, and then I pieced them together in Photoshop so that one eye was straight and the other eye was like co cockeyed. And I was <laughs> making a really stupid face. And I said, I sent it to my brother. I said, send this to the guy to just prove that I'm not the smartest human being on the planet or something like that. Anyway, um, so whatever I was going on with this. Anyway, so yeah, the accounts hacked and Facebook and Instagram, all the jumping through hoops and calls. I even got myself verified on Facebook. You know, they have that verification. Mm -hmm. You know, a little stupid blue check mark now, yeah. which I'm paying 11 bucks a month for or something like that, which I'm probably going to get rid of because I, I only got it because you can get to talk to some human being right apparently on facebook which i haven't yet talked to the mm. human being i've gotten to chat with anyway long story you know that count was done but uh for a couple of things that are coming up which we'll, we can talk about in the course of this podcast you know i've got a show coming up this week yeah. which for people listening to the show it'll already have passed <laughs> it'll be like one day before uh on the 28th of september I have a show opening at a coffee shop. I just realized I need to have everybody's wanting to see pictures or wanting to connect. And, you know, Twitter is the dumpster or X is a dumpster fire. Nobody's using that anymore. Uh, and, you know, frankly, there are people who are not using Facebook. I mean, I, I put a lot of my stuff in Facebook and Facebook has got that, you know, half people do it and half people don't do it. Right. Uh, even though Instagram is Facebook. So, uh, I I decided to to the, this week to start firing up another Instagram account, and I'm really bummed out because I want my name back. I like my name, yeah. But I got a name which was my name, uh, Am Rosario Photo. So I thought that was reasonable because okay. it still has Am Rosario in it. Because all my all my accounts or my website is amrosario.com, so I like Am Rosario. And um, it's, you know, it's a shorter version of my name. It's easier yeah. to type than Antonio M. Rosario. I, don't, I like my name, but you know what I mean? It's less things yeah. to type. You got to make people but, typing uh, it. Yeah. So A.M. Rosario photo on Instagram. And why did I bring this up? Oh, because now I can start populating it with some pictures that I didn't ever show before. And I had like something like 2,000 shots on my last account. And I'm not going to rehash those. I'm really sort of starting fresh. Mm -hmm. But I had something like 2,000-something followers. And so it's like, you know, starting from scratch again. I don't know how many of those were bots or fake people or, you know, um, 
whatever. So, yeah. so anyway, that's that. That was I th that's not why I was going through my Lightroom library, but I realized, oh, this is what I can do because the the street photography is kind of timeless. Yeah. You know, evergreen as we well. I I think the way people are dressed and some of the storefronts and the vehicles in the background that's what you know piques my interest. If you shoot wide enough that you see cars, uh, yeah, and the style of the street signs, that's like I look at the stuff that I shot in 2014, 2015. It's the same oh, and you see thing. a difference? In, oh, yeah. Amazing. Well, and really? I see yeah. downtown Calgary's changed enough over the years. Uh, new buildings, new construction, uh, buildings, old buildings knocked down. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that old hotel was, was still standing. It was abandoned, but it was still standing. And then they, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've, you've got these little, these little timelines of... Um, of things being there, mm. not being there anymore. That's true. Downtown Brooklyn, where there's a good chunk of pictures that I took because I would do this on my way to the job that was uh, at Brick, downtown mm. Brooklyn. Uh, some of the buildings that you can't recognize downtown Brooklyn. I mean, mm. there, there are buildings popping up everywhere. And right next door to Brick, there used to be this um, 99 cent store that mm. I didn't, uh, you know, we would go buy things if we needed them, you know, there really quickly. But it was it was it was destined to be knocked down, and right. uh, but I got some fun shots out in front of it and certain people. Like the I have the shot of these of this guy delivering. Um, uh, uh, we have this brand of potato chip called Utz U T Z, and there's a whole bunch of boxes, and all you see are these two legs. This guy's carrying this like you know <laughs> six foot seven foot stack of boxes, and you just see these two legs underneath it. Um, and he was going to that 99 cent store. Anyway, it's a picture I've always wanted to take. Uh, I'll try to put that yeah. in the show notes. Let me put oh, that'd be cool. Let me make sure. Yeah. Uh, and now they knocked all that down and they put, they're putting up some 30 story monstrosity up there and they did it really fast. Uh, so that whole okay. area has changed. There's a building in downtown Brooklyn that looks like it's straight out of the Lord of the Rings. Like the, on the top should be a glowing red eye. Uh, in fire, it literally looks like the, the wow. one of the two towers, the Tower of Mordor. You know, uh, right. I mean, this is it's really weird. It's this black, kind of monolithic. Uh, although it does taper towards the top, but anyway, you wouldn't recognize it. So yeah, I guess you're right. You know, and even in well, seven does the years, eye of Sauron point towards Midtown Manhattan? It, it, it just keeps looking. It just sort of zips around and looks. Right, it's, it sends wow. evil. You know beams at manhattan actually from a certain distance in brooklyn uh if you look at the skyline of downtown brooklyn when it compresses with the skyline of new york you can't tell the difference between the two because downtown wow. brooklyn now has got this building is actually the uh tallest building in brooklyn it's one of the tallest in new york city it's huge i mean it's i don't know it's not quite wow. world trade center or empire state building is center size but uh, empire state building but it's tall. It's the tallest building in Brooklyn. And up until that point, the tallest building in Brooklyn was the Williamsburg Bank building, mm. which is this old, you know, from the 30s or 20s, I can't remember when it was built, with a big clock in it. If you're anywhere in Brooklyn, you know that's like sort of the landmark. You can you know where you are. Yeah, know where you are. But anyway, yes, the pictures, I can see what you're, what you're saying. That uh, I don't necessarily see the clothing differences so much, but... Um, certainly the scenery and stuff like that. And even in just the way I capture pictures, you know, that, that affects, that affects things. So. Yeah. It's uh, like, oh, I had a ways so, to go here. Yeah. yeah. And my flirtation <laughs> with shooting on the subway too, on the, on the train, 
didn't, I was too tentative. And, uh, I mean, some of my later stuff I'm very proud of because I got exactly what I wanted. In the old days, it was, uh, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be covert. I must have looked like an idiot, you know, trying to line up and not look like I was trying to line up. It's just stupid. So, Probably didn't look as over bad that, as, thankfully. you know, Walker Evans with his little lens sticking out of his, right. out of his overcoat. Yeah. Uh, with Helen Levitt, you know, being his beard. So, yeah. life, so he didn't seem like such a weirdo. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, to, to, to segue a little bit, I, I am having a, a show uh, coming up this Thursday, the 28th. That's the opening. Uh, so I'll just announce it. It's at, uh, you know, for anybody who's listening to the show is in Brooklyn and wants to come by, you won't be able to come to the opening because the show will, will be released after the opening, but the show will be up so far. We don't know how long. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to want to keep it up for two or three months at the most. I don't yeah. want to keep it longer because I don't want it to become furniture. Uh, but the place is called blue star parlor and it's 1112 Cortelyou road, Brooklyn. And, uh, so I wanted to announce that if anybody's in the neighborhood wants to stop in and see the show, uh, it's, it's, going to be 12 prints uh on a wall shows called 11218 plus which is the name of my zines which i can't remember if we talked about them here yeah but that refers yeah. to the zip code that i live in and the plus refers to the um little outlying areas that i'm able to walk in and beyond my zip code but i like the name i like the name and I'm, uh and so uh i've been doing some tests about how to hang the show mm. so i thought this was interesting to talk about uh, he's got a, he's, you've been there, but it's a, yes, you know, one part of the wall is exposed brick and, you know, hanging on exposed brick is tricky. Now he has not had a show in this place before. So he was looking to me to, um, get some advice about how to hang the, you know, how, what kind of hardware to put up. Mm -hmm. And I initially suggested, cause I had had two shows prior on the same kind of walls in two different places and they used electrical conduit piping, you know, that, right. That, and that actually worked really well. And they had mounted it, I guess, cause they were always having a lot of shows, but they had mounted it with these little sort of U shaped clamps and they drilled it into the brick, not into the mortar. I don't well, actually no, No, they couldn't do it in the mortar. No, no anyway, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it, Well, actually, no, it depends how far you go down. Cause he's got right now in this place, he's got things that are screwed into the mortar. He had a giant shelf that was, in the mortar anyway whatever <laughs> too much detail yes. uh so this this conduit was on was was lined up on these walls when you use these things called molding hooks these sort of mm -hmm. s-shaped flat hooks and they fit perfectly on that conduit and then from that you can hang anything you know any kind of wire or, or stuff like right. that and so i used to use chain uh and my my prints are mounted on uh, foam core board so uh, that way I didn't have to frame them because framing is expensive. And, I, and you, you know, get a again, floating sort of like look a low too, key. right? Yeah, I got a floating look. And Elizabeth had come up with this idea about using this like chain with a S hook on the bottom of it, on the bottom of sort of the triangle. So that way I could adjust the length very easily by just unhooking right. the S hook and then go one or two lengths, lengths. And that would allow me to make things ever, you know, even. Anyway, uh, I had suggested that to him, um, and he wasn't necessarily unkeen with it, but he came up with a different idea about using a steel wire, a heavy duty steel wire with a turnbuckle, uh, on it. Mm. And he's so using that right now to, 
Yeah, so he could tighten it up, and he, right now he's using it to hang his uh, his menus on near the bottom of the tables. And uh, I was initially okay with that, and then I started thinking about it because you'd have to mount it up high. That it, the the chains that I would have to get, and they're really small chains, but you know enough of them with prints yeah, for, would start to weigh 13, twelve, the weight. thirteen prints. Yeah, 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 twelve or thirteen prints, and the, that the even with the cord, you know, with a turnbuckle tightened this wire. I think there would still be curvature. Um, even mm. if he uses eyelets, you know, to support the wire, you know, maybe if you, he'd have to use a lot of eyelets because I think there would still be some sag. Mm. Uh, so, and that required me buying a lot more chain and I can't find the chain. <laughs> so I'm thinking, how am I going to hang this stuff up? So this batch of pictures I did, I did also on printed on foam board, uh, on black foam board to try to keep the cost down and boy, print costs have gone up. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but, but like I, I made 20 by 20 squares for my last show mm. and I don't remember them being this expensive. Mm. Uh, and this, these, I was going smaller size prints. I'm sorry. I'm getting a lot more detail here, but you know, it's photography. We can talk about this. Yeah. It's um, stuff. It's stuff. It's the things that we need to talk about. like to deal with because we, you know, if you want to have a show, you really have to think about this stuff. So I went with smaller prints. I, I went 16 by 24. I was initially going to go 20 by 30. I'm glad I didn't. Okay. I printed one test 20 by 30, and I'm going to have one print in the show that's 20 by 30 because okay. I've got all these uh, fire hydrants, this sort mm -hmm. of typology of fire hydrants. But I'm glad I didn't go with 20 by 30. First of all, the print, it was like 60 or 70 bucks a print. And then I think it would just take- Wow, that's like big. retail when you would you would sell them for retail. Yeah, they bucks. were, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was expensive. So and the print itself is not expensive, but when you add the backing to it, it's the backing. That, oh yeah. That, it's almost doubles the price. Yeah. Anyway. So I'm looking at this wall. It's fairly good shape. The bricks are fairly even and fairly flat. They're a little rough. I mean, it's like an old brick building, but uh, yeah. I came up with a system, which I think will work. And uh, the system is I'm making these little, um, I want to call them spacers. That's not the right word. Uh, I'm t I, I take, I took a strip of, of foam core board and I cut it into little two by f two by two squares mm -hmm. and I stacked them together so that mm -hmm. there's, I stacked four of them together. So that's a, a bit of a space or let's call it for that lack of a better word. Cause I can't think of one right now. Yeah. And I taped it together with gaff tape so that they're held together. So it's basically a little two by two cube, maybe not quite right. a cube made of foam board. So it's very light. And then I used this 3M, two different 3M, you know, those 3M uh, sticky strip stuff. You know, 3M has got all these uh, different adhesive kind of things that you can buy, like hooks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the, the, well, the Commander or whatever is the one that they... The, the Command stuff, right. The, yeah, again. the 3M yeah, Command yeah. or Scotch Command. I can't remember what it is. Scotch or, or 3, Yeah, 3M. whichever, yeah. Those, yeah. anyway. Uh, so there's one that's like a Velcro. Uh, and then there's other ones that are like gummy sticks, like gummy sticky, you know, strips and the gummy sticky strips. I'm using two of them to, to adhere the little spacer to the brick. One reason I'm using that, I, I was thinking I could use hot glue, but a hot glue is not reliable and I don't want to damage it's gonna the melt the foam. Yeah. It's going to melt your foam too. If it comes in contact. Well, mm, maybe, maybe I don't really care cause there's, there's gaff tape on it. So I don't think it would really melt. Oh, it. right. Right. Uh, okay. but, but. Anyway, I use these these 
uh, adhesive gummy strips and I stuck them onto the, uh, onto the wall. I'm doing three of these spacers per print. And then the, the side that's attached to the print is using these Velcros and I'm doing it in a T shape. So the spacer has a horizontal Velcro strip and the print will have a vertical mm. Velcro strip. That way I can adjust and, right. and I can be not exact, right? I don't have to be exact. And, and I just press it in and I put up two prints. Uh, I'll put the pictures up in the uh, show notes, but I put up two prints um, already for tests just to see it works and it, and it holds them solid. These things are, are, are not coming off the wall because the prints are light, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I, and what's nice is the prints float off the wall. So, you know, the, the built-in drop shadow. <laughs> right. So uh, today's, we're recording on Monday. Uh, Wednesday is the day that I'm scheduled to go in and, and hang the show, hang, <laughs> adhere yeah. the show, I should say. Uh, and uh, with any luck, I'll be able to get it done uh, within a few hours. Um, I, I have Thursday also during the day to do that. But it's a nice system. And once I, I have a laser level so I can make sure, I think I'm going to line up all the bottoms, I think. I still haven't figured that out, how I want to design the uh, thing. But I think all the bottoms will line up except for the 20 by 30, which I think I'll let drop down a little bit and be a center line with, the I don't know. I don't know if that will work because I have horizontals and verticals. Anyhow, long-winded story about mounting these things. But it's, it's interesting to, it's a nice challenge to try to figure out how to hang these things and make it look good. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think the system I came up with is good. And even if the bricks are a little off, I think it's okay. I mean, you know, it's a little rustic and a uh, little homemade looking, um, mm -hmm. but it's a lot, it's a lot less expensive to have them, you know, not have them framed. And it's also, I'm like, I'm not sure what the turnout of the show is. And so like, I'm not sure how much I want to invest, but it's really nice having these, you know, 16 by 24 is actually a pretty decent size print, you know? Yeah. So and they're on um, there. There are tables like, against the wall where your where your um where your prints are hanging right so you're you're already standing six feet away from them right or however long or however well, yeah, wide those I'll, tables I'll, are yeah no well not all the tables are the tables are actually literally against the wall so if someone's sitting there they'll be sort of underneath the, the print you know so it'll be pretty okay. close i didn't want to make them too small because the wall is 35 feet long right so if i made no small i was just prints, saying that I was just saying the size is good. Your 16 by 24 yes. is good because you are yeah. going to be standing at least four or six feet away to begin with. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. For, yeah. for, for, for anybody's viewing it or if they're just walking, you know, through the cafe to go to the back and out to the backyard or something like that, it, it will be a decent size. And that's why I'm glad I didn't go to the 20 by thirties. Cause I think it would have been way too big. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, you know, the, it's a narrow space. And so, they don't need them that big and and 16 by 24 when you actually see a print made that size you know it doesn't sound big but then when you look at it it's like it's, like crap this is big yeah. <laughs> it's a big print you know so um so I'm, I'm having them done at this place called printique which is a uh adorama if you know the camera store adorama mm -hmm. it's their print services and, and they have um they have the uh printer place in brooklyn so i can actually go there and get it done. But here's a, here, sorry, here, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm spending a lot of time on this, but what happened was I got all the prints back. I did one test and it was really good. And so I did them all and I got them back and one print was totally messed up. And it was my, one of my favorite shots of the, 
the hatted gentleman walking down the street and walking sort of the silhouette. shadows, yeah. The, the, yeah. the shadows, black and white. And for some reason, all the black parts looked like they'd been in a waffle iron. Um, there were some of these black, these these squares that were visible in all the black parts. And so I went some back to the place. Some kind of digital interpolation thing, JPEG-y artifact. It, it looked like, well, no, it looked like a waffle iron. I mean, it looked like literally like they like they had put it in a waffle iron and it got like somehow pressed into the into the print but even though wow. it was actually in the it was it was physically part of the print it wasn't like a physical damage to the print so i had to drive back there and i showed the guy and he was like oh yeah okay oh, sorry i said do you need a new file he goes no 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 and i, and I checked the file and I, I did i whacked out photoshop on it and yeah. i didn't see anything i right. you know i whacked out the levels it was zippo nothing so i knew it was in the file so um they got it back like a day or two later I drove over there, and this time I had to open it while I was there. I opened it up, and it was the same problem. <laughs> and this was on Friday. And um, I'm like, you know, I've got a week to, for the show. So I basically sat there in the waiting room while they actually tack, tried to tackle the problem. And they kept running prints, and they kept getting the same results. And they finally, like, darkened a little bit, and they still had the same results. And they're going to get it redone, but the – one of the issues might be, and I don't believe this can be a total issue, was that I had upsampled the image using Topaz, um, the one of the Topaz apps. I think it was Gigapixel I used, right. or Topaz Photo AI. Do you know those? Do you know those apps? Yeah, I'm yeah aware of them. Yeah, I have, I don't have them, but yeah, I know what they are. So I had to upsample this a little bit because of the uh, because of the size or something. I mean, I, I can't remember why I upsampled it, or it was already upsampled, and they thought that might have been the problem. I don't think it was a problem because I had a second image that I had upsampled with with uh, Topaz and it didn't have these little squares on it. But so uh, I was without a print and I was like, okay, this is not good. <laughs> right. And they said, well, you know, the, and they were really they were really helpful. I mean, they can't they they were the manager was there and printing and trying to call the print guy and just figuring stuff out and I was like there for forty minutes. So the they ultimately me uh, uh gave me a refund just because i was sitting there waiting mm -hmm. so that was nice they're going to reprint it and i took one of the prints that they had that wasn't too bad but i could still see it but it was you know but it wasn't good but it was like and i'm gonna use it as a placeholder and i don't think the normal person can see it you're not gonna sell that gonna picture it. but it's there yeah i'm not gonna sell i wouldn't sell that physical one and even if i'm selling prints like i'm going to sell prints from the show I'm not pulling them off the wall that day, you know, to sell them. If you know, I put a little red dot or something like that. So there's a lot of options to to get it reprinted, or you know, and they're going to be reprinting it. They're they're just closed today because of the uh, Jewish holiday. Mm. Um, so I don't. So tomorrow they're going to hopefully have it, and I'm going to go and pick it up. And Wednesday, you know, if it's if it's good, then I'll just substitute that print for the one I've got. Anyway, it's a whole mm. to do with this. Yeah. You know, hanging. I haven't hung a show or put a show together in a while. And I forgot sort of how much effort there is into it. And, it's, you know, I'm still working on stuff, too. I'm like, you mm -hmm. know, i got a notepad here. Like, oh, i got to get a guest book because I like people to sign a guest book. And um, i got to figure out how I want to market my zines there. And uh, there's a few other things. I don't think I'm going to put nameplates underneath the images, but I, then i got to print a, a sheet that has the captions on it and stuff like that. And I had to write right. an artist statement. You know, and uh, and advertising it. It wasn't very good at advertising it. So, 
it's you know i'm hoping there will be a, a decent turnout but you know i'm a little late on that and it was very rainy this weekend so i couldn't go out and hang posters right and stuff but the one thing i liked about it was there's some physical things i had to do like i printed out my artist statement and i i adhered that to um some foam core board and i had to do cutting with an exacto blade and be very careful with that and there's like a lot of hand-on stuff yeah which is um you know i forgot oh i i don't mind doing this like the the hands-on stuff so anyway long cool. story sorry but cool. i'm sorry i'm not sorry actually it's 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 part no, of it's cool i think it's part of yeah part of the greater greater hobby you know i talk about photo books all the time you're talking about shows so i think that's good so if we could segue a yeah. bit oh. from a show that you're well, putting wait, wait. together before we do that can can we can we just i want to i just you just reminded me of something this I had put together the order of the prints, and our oh, brother yes. in light Mark Ryerson, because yes. uh, I put it up on our on our unusual uh, collective Discord channel, and he asked if that was the order that I was really going to. Uh, he said it. He said I can't remember how he said it, but it was a nice way of asking if that was the order I was going to do. And I was like, I said I don't know. I was thinking about it. But I said, do you have any suggestions? Anyway, he ended up getting online. We did one of those shared um, Miro, was it uh, Miro boards? Sort of Miro, like the freeform yeah. boards yeah. where Miro we were doing our zine. Yeah. Miro. And he came on and, and he did some adjustments to it. And he saw things in the, the images that I had chosen for the show that I had not seen. And he put together, helped put together a, uh, a uh, an order, which I'm following exactly um, to yeah. the way the, sh the prints are, are oriented on the wall. And I'm really grateful to him to do that because I didn't see these things because I'm doing this all stuff, my stuff myself. And I didn't seem to ask you guys in the, in, in our collective to take a look and get an opinion. I just sort of did it myself. And I realized it's important to have other people give input because, you know, I'm sort of insular and seeing my things in one way. Yeah. When someone from the outside can look at it a different way and, and bring a new story or a narrative to the, the way the images are laid out because you just don't throw things up on the wall you know no. you're, you know you're talking about stuff about a book it's a it's a it's a short form book um and mark so, so when the show the is up too. i'll take picture yeah he was he was really good and he was really good at explaining his thinking about the shots what he saw in the images mm -hmm. so i do want to acknowledge him in the show i you know i'm definitely acknowledged him in my artist statement because i think I, it wouldn't look the same. It, it wouldn't, it would just be a bunch of pictures. And now there's a bit of a, a little bit of a story going on that hopefully people will, I mean, I know it now and, uh, you know, I will be able to sort of talk to somebody about it when I, when I show it to you, this is, this is the flow, but it was sort of magical that he could see that in the stuff that I just sort of, you know, not randomly put up, but like after it, like I, I distilled of my images and put it up. Anyway, I wanted to make that before we segue. So we're going from a show that you're putting on to a show that I went to that was put on by a famous photographer, um, Deanne Arbus. I waited until the very last day <laughs> that, the, that the exhibit <laughs> was open in the Contemporary Calgary uh, gallery. It's the Science Center, I guess, or yeah, the Science Center for the city now. One of them. And, um, and the, the, the Science Festival, like the late summer Science Festival was on called Beakerhead. And so 
you could get free admission to the building. So, bonus, I got free admission to go see the Arbus exhibit. Um, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, it was just like, it was a weird day. There's so many people around in food trucks and kids walking in and out. And I'm like, do we need kids seeing the Deanna Arbus exhibit? I, yeah, I don't know about that. So, well, the, well but anyway, it turned out they weren't there. There was the very few. I think there were a couple of families that brought their kids in because maybe they had heard about her or whatever, but they weren't in there for very long and then they were leaving. So that was good. So I spent about an hour. A little more than an hour, about 100, 150 prints, 151 prints were hanging there. They're oh, in that's loose, a lot of prints. That's a lot of prints. And that is, you know, take a deep breath. And if you know anything about her work, you know that it's not, it's not just fluffy aesthetics. It's deep human um, suffering, anxiety, disability, uh, mental, mental states. Uh, it's a taxing kind of emotionally to go through that. So the prints were hung, you know, if you kept turning left, like you were in the maze, you got a roughly, a rough chronological order of her work. There was some jumping around mm -hmm. a little bit. Many of the prints, I think just a rough estimate, maybe half of them were original prints that she did, uh, that she, that she created. And then, uh, other ones were, uh, created by, were printed by a trusted friend or anyway, it was a master printer did the other ones. And apparently he did, uh, a bunch of sort of like reissue prints that were created for, um, for collectors or collections around the world. And so, um, these prints all came from, uh, Ontario, I think it's the Ontario gallery. And they were printed, the the ones that were not original prints from the original time were printed in 2016. <clears throat> so there was a blessing and a curse with that. Arbus herself, the, what I noticed, the prints are printed very dark. So they were almost a kind of, uh, a, a, you know, the inky black, almost too dark kind of thing. And the lighting was not the best in that venue, so you felt like, oh, these were printed too dark. But once or twice, I just kind of shone my uh, flashlight on my phone and they're fine. It's just, I had to, it was just not, not the ideal viewing circumstance for them. So once I got that out of my head. It was the, really that dark in there? They were really, yeah, well, they were dark and the, the lights were, you know, 15 feet on the ceiling shining down like a, like a jewelry store almost that was not proper gallery lighting. Um, so I'll, I'll forgive them that. I mean, the, the fact that, that there were so many of those prints for such a noted photographer, I'll, you know, I'll take it. I'm, I'm fine with that. So the prints were hung in, in, in loosely chronological order. Many of the early prints were hers and, uh, so early family life and so on. And, and, uh, you know, some street stuff in New York, uh, acquaintances, there's a kind of famous early picture that she took of Anderson Cooper when he was a baby in 1960. And he was not identified in the picture, but it was just very young baby was, was the title of it. Uh, I guess the Arbus's new the Vanderbilt's new Gloria Vanderbilt. And so when, uh, uh, when Anderson was born, she just took a baby picture of him. So there's some historical pictures in there, you know, the twins that we know with the beautiful eyes, um, the woman with the monkey, 
Uh, if you're not an Arbus fan, you can just go look up Dion Arbus and, um, and these pictures will come up. They'll come up on your first page for sure. Um, the exasperated boy holding the toy hand grenade, my favorite, probably my favorite fun Deanne Arbus yes, picture yes, yeah, yeah, was in yeah. there. Um, I tried I, to look in the I've detail. Saw, I, think this... I've seen, I think I've seen the, uh, sorry, I think I've seen the, um, not the oh, contact sheets from that. Like the, oh, okay. what led up to that, uh, that, that kid making that face. Cause you know, when you don't see the context of what it is, the, that picture is really, it's crazy. But then when you see yeah. the other pictures before and after, it's interesting. Anyway, yeah, sorry, I seem to remember what well, I, I seem to remember watching a doc where they caught up with that guy who grew up and he's like in his forties and he says, yeah, I just remember being upset with this toy. You know, it was not, it was just one moment in a boy's life. And now suddenly he is grimacing through his, the photographic history, you know, as a 11 year old boy yeah, with yeah. the, with part of his, his overalls or whatever, uh, his little, whatever his little outfit is torn down off his shoulder and he's like suspender yeah. and he's holding there, grrr, holding this toy hand grenade. It's kind of funny. And then, and then, so I'm looking, I'm, I'm paying attention to the year. So there's a lot of late fifties. Um, and then we get into 1960 and then you see this kind of concentration on closer framing of people, uh, and, and trying to, and getting emotional states out of them. Now I, I understand from watching other documentaries and I didn't learn this from the show, uh, but that she had a mentor was Lisette Modell was, uh, was her mentor and, uh, Lisette Modell, she was famous for kind of her humorous pictures of life on the street. You know, mothers bending over with a child, you know, making a face and things like that. A very kind of formal thing. And I don't know when that relationship started or or how things went. But in 1963, when the picture started dating in 1963, you could see this turn of people who were disabled uh, people who were, mm. um, the, the, the circus freaks, if you want to call them that the people of the circus, um, um, you know, there's an interracial couple having tea behind, uh, in, in the tent at the circus it would be nothing for us to see today, but it would have been subversive, subversive there. Some early sixties, uh, drag performers, um, which I found very poignant because there was such an earnestness and almost desperation in the way that they are depicted in those pictures, um, that they were, you know, people living in fear and trying to express themselves in this way. It's like, it's a part of history that part of American history that I don't think we uh, fully appreciate. Um, yeah. and just people, these people trying so hard to, to become something. Um, I thought it was quite moving and I actually, I went through those pictures once and I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to go through them again just because of the, I already had a bit of heaviness on board when I was mm. walking through seeing some of these other performers or mm. other, other people, not just performers, but, um, uh, people that, that, that are in, in these peculiar life circumstances. And then there's a, uh, I thought maybe the most disturbing, but maybe the most cohesive collection of images called Untitled. They were late 60s. Uh, there were people who were in mental institutions. So various 
um, uh, you know, developmentally disabled people or people simply with mental issues. A lot of them were taken outside. Uh, the subjects were taken outside and just arranged standing on the sidewalk or on a lawn or at the beach um, and showing sort of who they really are. Um, there's both an intimacy to, like I worked with uh, in a developmental center for uh, developmentally challenged kids when I was in grade 12, when it would, we'd, I'd once a week, I'd go to the elementary school where they had what they used to call the special class. And it was people who were developmentally disabled. And I worked and very closely with those, with those kids and they knew me and, and so on. And I was on the bus with them very often too. Um, you know, they lived in the same community I did. So we'd be on the bus together and so on. So I knew, I knew these kids, uh, I I knew sort of what's going on with them. So I was able to react to them in that way. And at the same time, knowing if you're not me and you're looking at this pictures, there's a gawking quality to it. That's really strips the humanity out of these people. It's like, these are people who are locked inside all day long. They get outside and they're having fun and they're showing their joy the way they show it, which is not the way, not a smirk, like a way like, oh, it's a nice day. They're mm -hmm. just exuding joy, which mm. in a lot of ways looks very weird and disturbing to other people. And like my kind of being torn in the misunderstanding of how other people would react to these people having a good day at the beach or getting dressed up to go outside. So those untitled ones to me were like with a little bit of my background on board really meant something to me there. Mm. Um, and can so I you, let me, can I ask you something though? Sure. To interject something. Cause you it got me thinking about something about, uh, cause initially you said the families came in and they left. Yes. Um, pretty quickly. Would those pictures have, do you think, you, you can't say, uh, the same effect on people today, young people today, uh, who would see them as they did perhaps when they were first made. I mean, cause the world has changed so much. And I, and I, and when you, when you talked about kids coming in, like I'm like, or when you first said that, I was like, my mom took me to all these different photo shows. So I ended up seeing pictures like, like hers Yeah, when I was a very young person and it affected me. But you know, it, it it has an effect. Let's put it that way. But I seem to have turned out okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm I'm thinking about kids today and the and the imagery that they're flooded with today and the extremity uh, extremeness of the visuals that they're on a daily basis seeing, yes. and then drop them into this Dion Arbus show. Um. You know. And you uh, can't really know this, but no, you know what I'm but getting I'm, at? I'm trying but, to think, yeah, I know, but it, it depends on how art literate you are too. Like if you're going in there and you see there's, you know, the strippers from late fifties, early sixties, and the woman has her top off and she's just got her cigarette and she's turning towards the camera. It's made to look casual, but it is, it is kind of a glare. There's a glare going on there and it, it's not an erotic one at all. It's a, it's a woman who's doing a living who's, you know, probably in her forties. Right. And she's right, comfortable right. in her body and everything, but it's, it's not, she's not projecting her on stage, whatever. Right. She's just in between shows or she's having a post show smoke. 
Um, yeah, but but let me, and I'm going to interrupt you there because you had this reaction to these images because of your history, also your you know photographic knowledge and experience and stuff like that. And and when I'm when I'm imagining is younger people, maybe let's not like kids, but like younger people, very younger people coming to see things like her imagery. Um, I I just can't imagine that it would have the same impact. And, no, and, I, and I get what you're is saying. Now it only going to impact that. It's only going to impact you as if if you are now sort of aware of her as an artist and understand the context and stuff like that, rather than just okay. like, and also her ultimate saying, demise hey, too. Right. And we should and, say right. that and, she and, did and, end her own life in 1971. Right. The, the, her whole arc of the story, like, yeah. you know, how could she not be affected by these images? You're affected by these images, but I'm just wondering, like people are so flooded with, let's say horrific and extraordinary yes. imagery today that they look at this and say, Oh, big deal. What is, what am I looking at? What do okay. I care? I would say, you know what? I would qualify. I would say yes on uh, most of what you're saying. I agree with, but there's something universal about Arbus's work specifically. I think it would resonate with the younger crowd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I okay. took a 20 something in there and asked them what, okay, go through these. What do you see? What do you feel? And there's something it's it, it's a very intense glare. Like you, you, if you're gonna look at them and look over the details of what you're seeing, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of emotional and mental content there. And also one more thing I I wanted to say before I forgot, which I think is just leaving my brain right now. Oh yes, I know what it is, and it was an observation that I shared with you guys or with you specifically having to do with what is she trying to do? Like, what is she trying to capture? And I have a theory that she, because she came from a kind of a, from a privileged background and her husband, Alan, Alan Arbus, which you might know from the TV show MASH, Mash. he played Dr. Sidney, um, Dr. Friedman. Sidney Friedman. Sidney Friedman. <laughs> Sidney Friedman. He was Hawkeye's one of Hawkeye's best buddies. And he was a, he was a sometime guest star on the show. Anyway, that's Alan Arbus. He was in real life. He he and Deanne had a a, a popular um, commercial studio in the late fifties. Anyway, so they had they they had a pretty good life, and she was she had the time and I think the money to be able to explore this to the extent that she could. So because of this, the subjects that she wanted were so not her. And she, I, th my gut, I mean, I'm just, I'm just as a sort of photographer trying to put myself in her head, I'm thinking she's trying to capture something, um, of people dealing with actual trauma and actual difficulties in life that she could only imagine and that she's doing her best to try and capture that. And I think that would take a toll on you trying to crawl up into somebody else's life like that. And the content of the images, I mean, I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, I just have Deanne Arbus pictures in my books and stuff, but we spend an hour with 150 images of, and, and, and the. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like, you're coming out of there a little bit different. Like it kind of, you're not talking on the drive home. <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to listen to if, any music. If I just. If, <laughs> well, you are doing that if you've looked at them with the, um, uh, intensity and, 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 and 
interest like someone like you are, are, are doing. Uh, yeah. But even if you're shallow, like, I, I can see it like, affecting you. Yeah. But, uh, but if yeah, you're well, younger and whatever, and you didn't, you were a little more shallow, even if you came away going, wow, that was really messed up or that was really effed up. Like, okay, you, yeah. you had a reaction to that art. And true, so that's true, what I would yes. hope. That's what I would hope that people would take from that show. Uh, it was it was a great did, number. You thought, great sorry, number of prints. Uh, there's a sl there's a slight delay in our audio here, so I'm, okay. I might be. I don't really mean to interrupt you, but do you think they did 150 prints to really hit the viewers over the head with stuff? I mean, that's a lot of that is a lot of work of hers, and that's a lot of work in any show. I mean, even when we went to go see the Besher show. You know, they they had a lot, but I mean, it was a huge show, and yeah, uh, I mean, 150 prints. Were they all were they matted or something like that? And yeah, they're all well, they're all mounted. Uh, yeah, they were well, they were on boards. Yeah, so I'm saying it's a it's a huge saturation of her stuff, and yeah. Um. So anyway, I mean, how could you not walk out of there, not being affected? Well, so that's true, but I mean, I still I didn't expect it. And in fact, I read before that there were 150 prints, but I just, that didn't mean anything. And I was like, okay, I have all this material to look at. And I mean, it's the kind of thing that comes back, you know, it's a, it's a little bit flippant to say, but there's a kind of a trauma of you remembering individual images or your state of mind going back and thinking about the show. Hmm. And I think that's amazing. And I'm actually fortunate and lucky that I, well, the same means the same thing to have seen it now, because now I yeah. get, I have much more wind, a much better window into her, I think, into what I think she was about then in her artistic life. Mm. Mm. And so now I can see, I, I can, I can see better where she fits into the pantheon of famous, those famous mid-century photographers that we, that we love so much. So. And, and, um, her, her, her ending was she's she committed suicide yeah that's right yeah yeah i don't uh, remember the details of it um no but there was some crossover with her and and uh, richard avedon right he, he yes yeah um didn't he stay with her body when uh what i remember reading in the uh in his biography that i think he stayed with her body uh when they um they called the coroners to to come and get her so okay yeah, I don't remember that. You could be right on yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's just because I remember that. I mean, I was, I was, I was drawn to that. You know, first of all, you know, the the world back then, the 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 world of photography was a lot smaller, so a lot of people knew each other. Yeah. There was a lot of crossover, and there was something poignant about. Uh, I'm not getting the details exactly right, but there was something poignant about him staying there. Um, and I think it was her daughter who found her. Uh, I'm not yeah. I'm a little fuzzy on this and stuff like that, but there was something about that connection between him and her, you know, staying with her body and, and, and being part of that, um, you know, uh, that whole scene, uh, right. uh, at her end that, uh, that I, I just like in the whole story of photography, like those kind of moments are, are very memorable to me, especially because it's, yeah. uh, it's, you know, you know, we think about photographers, was being okay. Well, here are these pictures that they take, and and they present them, and they share them, and stuff like that. But we don't always think about the toll that whatever it is, good or bad, on mm. the the person who's creating that imagery, 
And, you know, the, the famous the picture of the, I can't remember the photographer's name, and I'm sorry for the photojournalist who took the picture of the child uh, resting on the, in, in, I think, uh, some African country, and there's a vulture behind the kid. Oh, yeah. Do you know that picture? Yeah, I know the picture, but I can't remember. And the photographer, the photographer ended up uh, um, taking his own life not long after that. And, uh, you know, we see these things that the photographers create and we just don't know what is going on in the person. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, it's, it, it's a little. Well, Salgado was same kind of thing, right? He'd had enough of, he did, he did that work in the Congo where there's, you know, bodies and front end loaders and, you know, really. And then he, he kind of, you know, mentally and physically broke down and had to move yeah. back to Brazil. Um, yeah, no, it's, you, you, you can't help but um, wonder what, what's going through, was going through her mind, um, you know, for certainly from 63, just how that, how that work turned. Anyway, it's, it's, it's something else really is. Well, hopefully that that kind of show will will come to play other places. I mean, or at least that that maybe not at that this scale. This one I think is going across Canada because it's a it's a Canadian collection of the work. It is it really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It'd be nice yeah. if something like that would come to the states. Yeah. Well, I think um, there's there, and I'm sure that that uh, either MoMA or the Met have probably quite a few original prints of hers. Yeah, they do. I just don't know how often they'll put them out as one giant collection of yeah. work. But uh, yeah, we could, I'll dig up the schedule for that show. I think it was going to be set up somewhere else soon. Yeah. But, oh. um, All right. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing that experience because I think it's a, it it's an important um, thing to remember to go see these kind of shows when they come up. I always try to tell students like go see shows. Stop looking at the pictures on, you know, on your web browser and something like that and, and go and have the experience, the idea of going, going someplace, even in this darkened, you know, the environment is affecting how you're seeing the pictures and what uh, the fact that you have to physically move through them and, and, and look at them with your eyes and, and just, and be there with them. You know, you can't, uh, it's almost like you and can't. knowing that they're to her hand, like the twins. The, the twin girls and the boy with the grenade. The, she printed those and they're right there yes, in front of yeah. you. And that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you can't beat that, you know. And no. It's it's something that I just, you know, go blue in the face trying to tell people, go look at things like this because, you know, even when you just go to a museum, you know that, that you know, the, the print in front of you is part of history, is like part of their history and something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, when they... Felt the same way when I went to go see the going back to Avedon, the seeing the giant, um, the giant portraits, the yeah. uh, panoramics, the um, the murals. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I know he didn't print them themselves, but like that was part of. You know, and I was, was so worried. Uh, it was a dance creating them, though, right? It was, yes, it was. And 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 knowing that those things were, you know, in his presence, you know, that they weren't just, you know, removed, you know, ten times from from us by way of. Uh, you know, the internet. Well, and he's walking the same floorboards you and I were too, right? So yes. Yeah. 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 I'm going to pause for a second. Just hold on. The audio is really wacky on here. I don't know if you heard it. 
Uh, hang on. Uh, I just put up on on the Dropbox paper the the outro. Do you have a link for or should I, I just... had it open here. Okay. Just so that we can read that and be good. Cuz we're at about an hour now, so I think okay. we can I think we can wrap it up because we we actually did a perfect show. Okay. Let me open up. I yap for a half an hour and 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 you and you talk for a half an hour. It just occurred to me we were talking about show show. What show? I've been to a show. What show? Yeah, this talking? is great. It was the, probably the best, most internalized show I've ever done, never been to. Okay, so the outro, outro, the outro. I've got the doc here. Oh, yeah, here we are. Okay. And then and then we can we can record that. All right. So let's do uh, three, two, one. Well, that was really a uh, wonderful description of the experience. And so thanks for sharing that. I'm, I'm glad you got to see it in the last day <laughs> and for free <laughs> not, and for free. Yeah. It's like next time, don't wait until the last day, you know, cause sometimes know. you might want to go see this. Uh, I don't know. Would you have gone to see this show twice? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Have. Give yourself next time, give yourself some time and, and go so that you can go and see it again. I love seeing shows twice because just like anything, you start picking up on things that you don't see the first time because the first time you're there and you're looking at it, you're getting this whole experience. And the second time now you can go and like, Oh, let me look at this and look at that. So I did the best I could. I walked around twice. I went through. Okay. That, oh, through that's, that sequence. So okay, that's why that, I was there for an hour and a half. All right. Well, yeah. we'll take that. <laughs> we'll accept that. I did. I did what I could, man. You, you did great. You did. You won't be able to, it won't take you an hour and a half to walk through my show. I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of detail in there because you're big yeah, with the you details. No, I'm just, you know, never mind. <laughs> and color too. Deanne Arbus wasn't in color. Well, actually, so. uh, actually, four of my prints are black and white in the show. Oh, that's right. So oh, I have a mix. I have a mix of stuff. But anyway, anyway, we've we've come to the end. Wow, we actually did manage to find topics that were similar, which was great. Cool. Uh, so where where are we looking for you in the world? Uh, you can find me on Vero and Twitter at WRosinPhoto. I'm at Instagram, on Instagram, at WardRosinFineArt. Facebook, you can find me at WardRosinPhoto. I have a website where I sell the odd fine print, and uh, we used to sell the rodeo book there, and that's at rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. And my little side hustle and our unofficial sponsor, unofficial is, sponsor? is Ornus Photo, and that is at O-R-N-I-S dot photo on the internet. And the Antonio, internet. where can yeah. we find you? Well, gee, now you can find me in all sorts of places. <laughs> uh, Vero, Twitter, and Flickr. I'm still AM Rosario, but now I'm on Instagram again. So start following me. I want to get the followers back up at AM Rosario Photo. So AM Rosario Photo. Website is amrosario.com. Facebook, of course, is Rosario Photo. And uh, our website is streetshots.photography. And so is our Facebook is Street Shots Podcast. And look, subscribe to our Substack newsletter. I got a newsletter trying to work on one for this week. So go to subscribe to streetshots.substack.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail at speakpipe at speakpipe.com slash streetshots. And if you want to buy us a coffee or a beer or uh, a new microphone. <laughs> Easy <laughs> now. No, I know. No, no. Buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Antonio Rosario. So 
anyway wow we got through another show and so that's great so when this show airs my show will be up and uh i'm sure i'll talk about it or i'll put pictures up someplace and share but uh That'd be cool. thanks for joining me tonight yeah yeah outstanding it was, yeah. uh, it was a good talk and we didn't have anything to talk about we didn't have any because we always have something to talk about yeah, we're good I that guess. way all right yeah, i guess all right good night to you Ro uh rosin, rosin. <laughs> you too rosario rosin and Ros there's a lot of r's and o's and S's in those names. All right. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out tonight and have a good night.